Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Another Bottle Down, and my name is Mark Rayshap. We talk about wine and the wine industry and get to meet winemakers and hear about all of the wine regions around the world and, and the wines that they make and all of the pleasure that it provides us. So I'm so, so happy that you're tuned in and listening. Uh, we actually uh, originally broadcast on the airwaves in Austin, Texas on 91.7 FM. Uh, that's co-op radio, and then make this podcast and distribute it worldwide on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. So I really appreciate you uh, checking it out, and make sure to subscribe in iTunes or um, and, and leave a rating. I would I would really appreciate that. Uh, say how much you enjoy the show. Um, on today's on today's segment, we've got about a half hour interview, and uh, and the wines that we'll be discussing are a real passion of mine. I love this little tiny region in Provence in the south of France called Bandol. And Bandol is famous for uh, really these full-bodied reds from the grape called Morved uh, or Morvedre, if, if you pronounce all the letters, and you'll, you'll get to hear the French guys uh, say it properly. Uh, and so my guests are Eric Boisseau, who is owner and winemaker of the family uh, property called Chateau Vanier. And then he has uh, his importer with him and also translating, Laurent Michy, who is co-founder of H. Mercer Wine and Spirit Imports. So it's a great show. I learned a ton. Um, I, I particularly like the fact that in Bandol, the yields are so low that you really only get one bottle of wine per vine. That's, uh, it's incredible, uh, the low yields, and we talk all about that, and the different styles, the reds, the rosés that are really famous, and the white wines, too, which you uh, don't always see too much of. So really, I hope you enjoy the show. We start off with a little bit of banter about um, the city of Bundle and, uh, and, and a little bit of um, the competition that they have with Malbec, which is uh, growing in a different region. Uh, so I hope you enjoy, and uh, we'll, see you, we'll see you very soon in the uh, podcast world. It's a fact that we call, uh, actually, Bandol is an appellation, and we call them Vin de Bandol, because the wines were living from the port of Bandol, but there is absolutely no vineyards in the village of Bandol. Ah, so they like, have the appellations, but they have no grape, no vineyards. No. Like in Bordeaux, the same in Bordeaux. It used to be the same in Bordeaux, exactly. Yes, where they used to send all the grapes from Cahors or so exactly they through Bordeaux. Bordeaux and and then Cahors were the first and second vineyards planted in in France. And then one day, an engineer finally realized, and it was very far to bring those barrels from Cahors to the port of Bordeaux. So they say, why don't we plant in Bordeaux? It's closer. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they decided, okay, we don't need to buy Malbec from the from the folks in Cahors, right? We can plant our own Malbec as well. No then, Malbec. Please, <laughs> no, no. please, no Malbec. <laughs> it's all about more. Only, only more please. <laughs> <laughs> right, for, for this hour, for this half hour, uh, Malbec will be a bad word, right? <laughs> yes, which means a bad word. Actually, Malbec means bad mouth. Yeah. Bad peak, if you translate it exactly. Because when you taste Malbec, it's so inky, so dark in color. You, you go to car for half a day, your mouth, your teeth, your lip, your tongue, everything is going to turn black. So we call it Malbec, bad mouth, because it's all black, it's all dirty. <coughs> 
the real name for Malbec is Cut. Well, but we're talking this, we're going to be talking uh, in this show about the the region in the south of France in a small subregion of Provence called Bandol. And uh, my guest, I would like to, you to introduce yourself and, and where you fit into the wine business. Uh, Laurent, please. So personally, I uh, grew up in Burgundy. Uh, very passion uh, for wines came to me very early. I start, my dad started taking me on wine tasting tours on Saturday afternoon in the vineyards of Burgundy. I was 10, 11 years old. And then I started to do harvest um, for four years in the village of Chassagne-Mont-Rachet. Then I went to a sommelier school in Dijon, in the heart of Burgundy. Work as a sommelier in Michelin-style restaurants around the world for about 15 years. My last jobs were actually in uh, San Francisco, California. And uh, got tired of the restaurant hours working uh, late nights and weekends. So my business partner, Mark Udleston, and I uh, decided to phone, who is a sommelier as well, decided to start uh, a wine import company called H. Mercer Imports. Based in California, and we have also um, Parker Wolf uh, distribution in Texas. And uh, we are very pleased to be with Eric Boisseau, owner and winemaker of uh, Chateau Vanière in Bondol Appellation All right. uh, with us today. Well, Eric, uh, can you introduce yourself, um, your, your name pronounced correctly? Although, Laurent, you did a wonderful job. Vas-y. Bien, écoutez, moi, je m'appelle Eric Boisseau. J'étais en Bourgogne auparavant. Je suis né à Beaune. Donc au, au Pays des Vins en France, en Bourgogne. Et puis euh, lorsque mon grand-père a acheté cette propriété Châteauvanière en 1956, je suis venu à Bandol. So Eric is actually from Burgundy as well. His grandfather used to have a winery in the village of Beaune. And uh, in 1956, they decided to buy a property in uh, Bandol. So they had Beaune and Bandol, uh, two different uh, wineries. That was the grandfather. Unfortunately, an accident happened to uh, Eric's uh, dad when he was 10 years old. So it was too much for his mom by herself and Eric being a kid to keep both domains. So they decided to sell the domain in Zbon and to focus on Lich in the Chateau Vanier in Bandol. Yeah, so Chateau Vanier is the, is the name of producer. And we're going to talk... Let's start by talking about the region, because I think that many listeners out there might not know the region of Bandol. Uh, it's, a, it's a passion of mine. Uh, I was there a, a few years ago, very and, nice. um, and the, the wines are, are very different from the other wines coming out of Provence. So let's talk about the, the appellation of Bandol. <coughs> yeah, in general. Alors, Bandol, c'est une toute petite appellation qui est euh, reconnue sur sept euh, petits villages qui sont situés autour de Bandol. Mais euh, c'est très différent de la Provence en général, la région de, de la Provence. Euh, il faut savoir que Bandol forme une espèce de cirque par rapport à la mer où on a la possibilité d'avoir des euh, cépages qui, que, que l'on peut euh, rentrer à des très bonnes maturités. So Bandol is a very small appellation. If you look at, a, at the map of the vineyard, it actually looks like an amphitheater in the, at the bottom in the south of um, Provence. And uh, it's a very special macroclimate. 
Um, Eric explained me that at night the fogs rolls in and bring lots of humidity to the vineyard and lots of freshness. And as soon as the sun rises uh, the day after, it's very hot. So that's the freshness and humidity of the night and the heat of the hot days during the day then develop the complexity and makes these tiny macroclimates so unique, so exceptional. And so exceptional for certain grapes, which we'll get into. Exactly, um, yes. Where, how far, where in the South Coast are we? How far are we from Marseille or Nice or maybe some of the landmarks that people would know? Le douter de par rapport à Marseille, à Nice Bien, on n'est pas loin de Marseille, on est à peu près à 40 km de Marseille, un peu plus loin de Nice puisque c'est à 100, 160 km. Euh, on est situé bien évidemment au bord de mer, mais ce que je voulais expliquer, c'est que nous avons un cépage qui est très particulier à Bandol qui s'appelle le Mourvèdre. So, actually, uh, it's about 40 kilometers, so let's say half an hour driving to Marseille. Nice, obviously, is further east, so it would be a two hours, two hours minimum, two hours and a half minimum drive. So between Marseille and Nice, but closer to Nice. Closer to Marseille. To, uh, I'm sorry, closer to Marseille. Yes. And, uh, and then we, have, we find this amphitheater effect that um, has a lot of heat during the day, but cool winds uh, and, and the humidity that creates a particular situation for the grape. And you mentioned, Eric, uh, I caught a little bit of it in French, but yes. uh, the main grape there is Mourved, right? Describe for folks who, who may not have had Mourved um, uh, or have, may have had it in Texas, whether it's growing here, but have not had the bandol. Describe the grape. Décris le Mourved. Alors, le Mourvèdre a la particularité de donner des vins avec des arômes de poivre et d'épices. Surtout dans les vins rouges, nous utilisons euh, 95% de Mourvèdre. Et dans les rosés, nous avons également une grosse proportion de Mourvèdre qui se situe aux environs de 60%, qui donne des rosés de structure, des rosés de, de gastronomie, plutôt que des rosés d'apéritif. Alors, description of Eric, the Mourvèdre um, is very uh, spicy. In, uh, and, uh, with great tannin, with great structure, which gives a lots of complexities in the roses and lots of aging potentials in the reds. This is a story about Mourvèdre in Bandol. Uh, Bandol was actually was the first vineyards planted by the Romans 2,600 years ago because they were thinking and it was fitting perfectly that uh, clay and limestone and sandy and rock soils. Mourvèdre um, is also very, very low yield in that uh, part, little part of the world. So um, lots of winemakers, new generations, have been removing the Mourvèdre and replace because it's so low yield and replacing it with Grenache and Sanso just to produce more juice. Yeah. It was so bad that in the 60s, the uh, appellation of Bandol had to create a new law and uh, deciding that if you want to stay in the Bandol appellations, you have to be 50% minimum Mourvèdre. And that's only for the red wines. That's only for the red wines, exactly. Yeah. And so that was that was the attempt to, to keep the, the Mourvèdre, which is the treasure of Bandol. And the in, unicity in the, of that small macroclimate. In the ground, right? Exactly. So, so how much, so is that uh, indicative of the amount of Mourvèdre in Bandol as far as area, is 50% of the land? So that would be the average for most of the wineries. But you have to know that uh, a Bandol wine is a white, rosé or red, has to be two grapes minimum. Okay. So they actually capped capped 
uh, Mauvais at 95% maximum. And for the white, it would be 95% Claret or Bourboulin, for example. So there is a cap too. Eric is part of a group of six or seven winemakers that are trying to break that law and change the law, I mean, and, and they would love to make 100% Mauvais. His wines, for example, are just 5% of Grenache. His wines are 95% of Mourvedre. But when you taste it, you're not going to taste the 5% Grenache. You don't right. taste them. But he thinks that if you have 100% Mourvedre, Mourvedre, the aging potentials would even be longer. Right. So I even had some producers tell me, well, we just wave a bottle of Grenache over the tank, uh, <laughs> you know, yes. just to, to, yes, to give yes. a little uh, of the Mourvedre. Um, what, what, so why is that culture of blending so important? Why, why does that law exist? And you're trying to change it. So clearly there's not a good reason. Pourquoi ils ont capé à 95% Mourvedre? Alors c'est une bonne question parce que moi-même, je, je ne sais pas répondre. C'est une bonne question parce que même lui-même n'a pas une réponse pour ça. Je pense que dans l'avenir, ça va changer. Nous aurons la possibilité de pouvoir avoir 100%. J'espère que ça ne sera pas une obligation, mais une possibilité de faire 100%. Il faut savoir, comme je vous l'ai dit, que le Montvède était vraiment le cépage roi à Bandol. Je ne vois pas pourquoi on ne pourrait pas en mettre 100%. And the particularité des wines de Château Vanier as well is, comme je l'ai dit, la plupart des autres producteurs are 50% Mourvet and then Grenache and Senso. When Eric Boisseau's grandfather bought the property of Bandol in 1956, he actually removed the Grenache and the Senso, then were planted on his vineyard and replaced it with Mourvet, just to respect the tradition of what the Romans planted Right and uh, in the past, and what, so that's why it's raised at ninety five percent Mourvedre. Ninety five, um, and so you know, you talked about Mourvedre being structured and uh, tannic. Is that um, is that the pleasure of it to to have a really full bodied red red wine? And we're talking the reds here. Um, is is it hard to get it um, to be uh, you know softened tannins and more approachable in its youth? Comment arrondit les tannins? Alors on arrondit les tanins en, en faisant des, des, des élevages qui sont assez longs, puisque déjà l'obligation à Bandol c'est 18 mois minimum sous bois. Moi je vais plus loin, je pousse jusqu'à 20-24 mois, donc ça arrondit beaucoup beaucoup les tanins de passer sous bois ces vins rouges là. So Mourvedre has actually, as we explained, uh, 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 lots of tannins. The tannins are very square with lots of structures. That's why the wines have to be uh, in the cellar, in barrels, for a minimum of 18 months. Eric's actually pushed it to uh, 24 months with uh, about 50% uh, regular size barrels and 50% in large cask, wood, for less oak contact, and about 50% New York. And uh, that's the way to soften a Mourvedre is basically to let it sit in the cellar for years and years and years. Eric and I have shared uh, two years ago a bottle of 1978, so a 40 years old wine that was just phenomenal. The only way to, to soften, to round a Mourvedre is to let it sit. Yeah. And that's what Cérec is the most famous for in, uh, in, in France and Europe. To have Europe. Very, very old Mourvedre. Ce qu'il yeah. qu faut dire aussi, Laurent, c'est que euh, lorsqu'on met en bouteille après deux ans, deux ans et demi, ces vins-là, ces vins rouges, moi, je les conserve encore un an, un an et demi, voire peut-être aussi deux ans avant de les commercialiser. Exactly. So after two years of uh, in barrels, it's an another minimum of one, two, or three or four years 
in the bottles in the cellar before we release it. For us at HMS Port and Parker Wolf, our current release is 2012. Wow. And we have back vintages in stock as well. Yeah, so that you can see in that library releases, you can see how the wine develops. Correct. Yeah. What? A, so you were one of the first to have Eric to to you know or to be replanting uh, Morved. Do you have some of the um, older vines of, of Morved? And what does Morved do the, as the vine gets older? Uh, do you see and the, the yields drop? Right. Donc. Que, euh, quelles sont tes vignes les plus vieilles et quelle est la différence entre une jeune vigne et une vieille vigne pour le moment Alors les vignes les plus vieilles, ce sont celles qui ont été replantées en 1956 par mon grand-père. Euh, ensuite, bon, ça, ça, ça a continué, on a toujours replanté, donc on a quand même une grosse partie de, sur le domaine de vignes assez anciennes. Les jeunes vignes, il faut savoir qu'à Bandol, nous sommes la seule appellation en France où nous devons attendre 8 ans après la plantation pour pouvoir faire du vin rouge. Donc, ce qui veut dire qu'entre en, 4 et 8 ans, nous avons la possibilité de faire du vin rosé. So the oldest vine uh, of Morved he has, actually the one his grandfather replanted in uh, 1956. And uh, you have to know that uh, in Bandol, it's the only appellation in France where uh, you cannot harvest uh, younger than 8 years old Morved and put it in a red wine. That's actually why they make, they're making rosé with the eight years old, less vines. Right. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. So that's the only appellation That's the only appellation that requests this in Bandol. I think in Burgundy, you can press the first juice on, four years, on year four. Four years. Four years. And, and the, the concept there is that probably as the vines age and past that eight-year mark, they're producing more structured, more lower yields, you know, bigger tannins, bigger structure, right? Est-ce qu'il y a plus de tannins sur les vieilles vignes? Est-ce qu'il y a plus de structure? Qu'est-ce qu'apporte la vieille vigne? La vieille vigne apporte, non, je ne crois pas des tanins, apporte euh, beaucoup plus de, de finesse. Euh, on considère, une, commence à avoir une, une vieille vigne, si je peux dire, à partir de 20 à 25 ans. Mais euh, avant, ben, on a toujours cette possi ce possibilité de faire du vin rosé. C'est ce qui fait notre, notre force à Bandol, c'est qu'on joue sur ces deux, deux couleurs. So in Bandol, you would, you would actually consider all vine starting after 20, 25 years, and it actually does the opposite. The older the vine is, the softer the, the grape is going to be, and it, the, the grapes are going to bring more finesse and more elegance, actually. Wow. Very cool. And so that, that, that elegance is what you're really searching for to tame the tannin, et cetera. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Well, let's, let's, so that we've been kind of talking about the red is... Red is what Bandol is famous for. Exactly. Lots of people think it's rosé, but uh, the main wine of Bandol is red. How about how much of the, the production is red? Um, because then, in comparison to Provence, which is so known for rosé, right? Rosé has become uh, more and more popular in Bandol as well, in terms of volume, because you make, you make much, much more uh, juice. But c'est quoi la production pour toi en re rouge, red, rosé? C'est moitié-moitié, je dirais. Pe Peut-être un tout petit peu plus de rosé. He's actually producing because of the volume and the price range, maybe let's say 55% rosé, uh, then red and then 5% of white. Yeah. Alors que la Provence c'est 80% de vin rosé. Provence is 80% uh, rosé wine. Right, right. Wow. So it really changes there. Um, 
you, you mentioned yields, so you can have a, a, a larger production from the same amount of land for a rosé. And I know that um, there, there are some very sophisticated listeners uh, th- that listen to this show. Do, do you have the actual number um, as far as what you can produce in terms of yield from, uh, from, for red wine and for rosé? Do, do we know that? Uh, yes, the, the the yield on Morvel is actually one hundred forty percent because they press forty percent of the juice to make the rosé on the seigneur, and then one hundred percent goes to the red. So <laughs> the volume is actually one hundred forty percent of Morvel. That's the way. Et le volume à l'hectare, à l'hecto, pour les rosés, pour les rouges, c'est combien On est maximum 40 hectolitres à l'hectare, ce qui veut dire une, une, un rendement très bas, très très bas pour les vins en France. Right. So again, is that 40 hectolitres per hectare I don't know how much it translates uh, here, but 40 hectolitres per hectare maximum uh, for rosés, reds. Or white. It's the same for and each color. That's incredible because it's that is a lot lower than Bordeaux or well. Know, for example, a premier cru in Burgundy would be 55 hectolitres for a premier cru. So wow. it's very low. Yes, but Mourvedre is very very low yield in general to start with. So so it kind of makes sense to keep that in check. Exactly. Yeah. Je 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 crois que pour faire un, un grand vin ou un très bon vin, il faut des petits rendements. On ne peut pas faire avec des gros rendements des grands vins. C'est pas possible. You cannot translating Eric, you cannot make a great wines with big yields, with big crop. Yeah. It has to be low yield, low crop to make Excellent wines. Yeah, yeah. That's his philosophy. Nous ça représente à Bandol, on dit que ça représente une bouteille Par pied. In Bordeaux, for the Mourvedre, it's one bottle per vine. Wow, that is just incredible. Voilà. Wow, wow. Voilà, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> one vine and you get one bottle of wine, and that is such a yes. small amount. Um, for the rosé, does is that that's where most of the Grenache and Cinso goes, right? But it, there is a minimum amount of Mourvedre as well. Yes, this is exactly. a good trivia question. So um, uh, during harvest, they actually start with the Grenache and the Cinso. They picked up uh, lower bricks. They bring it uh, to the vineyard. They do a very, very slow press to extract as less color as possible. Very cold maceration. Then they go back to the vineyard. They harvest uh, the whites, and then they finish with the Mourved. The Mourved needs actually a little bit more of alcohol right. yeah. to develop its complexity. If you harvest a Mourved, for example, at 25% alcohol, it would be boring, one-dimensional. Yeah. So the rosé is actually 60% Mourved, on Seigneur, 20% Grenache, 20% Sanso on a very slow cold press. Is there a minimum for Rosé, Mourvedre? Je crois qu'il me semble c'est en, entre 30 et 40%. So et between 30 and 40% per regulations, per law, minimum Mourvedre on the Rosé. So Mais pour faire des grands rosés comme nous avons, euh, enfin ce que nous faisons à, à Bandol, mais nous allons continuer, c'est je pense d'avoir de plus en plus de Mourvèdre. Le Mourvèdre est vraiment quelque chose d'extraordinaire dans, dans les vins rosés, qui nous permet d'avoir des, des rosés de, de grande classe, des rosés de gastronomie. Ce n'est plus un rosé traditionnel d'apéritif, c'est un rosé de grande gastronomie, le rosé de Bandol. So, um, Eric still thinks that to make a grand rosé, because he, don't, he doesn't want to make a 
a little aperitif wine or the joke is a swimming pool wine. He wants to make a gastronomic rosé. Then you're going to pair with steaks, you're going to pair with lobster, with anything on the grill. It, it has to be a majority of Morvel, which is going to bring the tannins, the complexity, the spices, and a very, very long finish le, le, for rosé. Le rosé en France est devenu une appellation au même titre que le champagne. Alors c'est un avantage, mais c'est aussi un inconvénient parce qu'on mélange tous les rosés. Aujourd'hui, on ne dit pas un bandole, on dit un rosé. Et, et un on, petit rosé. On veut, oui, un petit rosé. On veut sortir de cela en montrant qu'on peut faire de grands vins rosés en France ou ailleurs, d'ailleurs. Euh, voilà, que... they try to... Lots of people say, oh, I want a glass of rosé, or I like to drink rosé. Eric would like to stand out the bandol appellations are... For me, bandol produce is the best area and produce the best rosé in the world. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. Well, the... Uh, and so you're trying to do that, A, with the bandol appellation, and also with your property, with older vines, etc. And so we could almost mm -hmm. think that, you know, when you see Rosé de Provence, and this is generalization, it might be a little lighter and, you know, just kind of more simple. Or more mass-produced. More mass-produced. And then when we see bandol on the label, it could have a little bit more structure, a little bit more intriguing characteristics. And more complexity, and it's a wine and make you think, and you want to focus on your tasting, on your smelling, on your... And on your pairing, it's it's a it's a wine pairing. Right. Uh, and then there's a, a varying degree as well in terms of structure in the rosé, in terms of producers, uh, etc. So, um, so you said that that the the grapes go kind of uh, the red that goes for um, rosé production is going to be harvested first, and then goes right yes. to the press, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that we call that direct press method. And, mm -hmm. and so, and then you press it really gently. I, I'm trying to get at why the very pale color and how it's achieved. They want, in every wine they make, and it's the same for the red, that's why they age them so long. Uh, you want finesse, balance, and elegance in your wine. So to, in order to get that, you have to be very gentle with your vineyards, very gentle with the grape you bring in, and very gentle with your juice in the tank. It, it's, it's finesse. Yeah, right. <laughs> If you're just tuning in, this is another bottle down on Co-op Radio, 91.7 FM and koop.org. My name is Mark Reshop. We are talking with Eric Boisseau from Chateau Vanier. And Vincent, I don't know your last name, Vincent. Laurent. Uh, uh, I'm My sorry, first Laurent. name is Laurent, Laurent. last name is Michi. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, and so we're talking about Bandol, one of the more famous appellations for rosé in, in France. And, um, and we're talking about the main grape, Mourved. Um, you know, how does the, the cuisine of the coast, when we think about this Mediterranean cuisine, uh, it's very interesting to see these, these wines coming out. I mean, rosé kind of makes sense uh, with all of the seafood and whatnot. All the grilled fish. And the grilled the fish. Fresh herbs basil, mints, garlic herbs, and uh, any garlic dish, any tomatoes. He loves to pair his rosé with a bouillabaisse as well, which is a specialty from Provence. It's actually a fish too. Original recipe is a 13 fish and, and, uh, and, and seafood, and it's cooked for 12 or 13 hours. So it's a very complex, very elaborated dish, and, and, and the complexity of his rosé actually match perfectly that that bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse. So locally, what do you have with the, the red, the Mourved, the, the red bundle? 
is that uh, saved for kind of rich, uh, rich dishes? So for me, on a younger bundle, um, like I said, 2012 will be, 2012, 13, probably will be the youngest you want to drink now. Uh, the others are going to be, I think, a little too young, a little too tannic. I like uh, them with um, lamb. That's yeah. really, oh. really nice. Exactly. Any type of uh, game, venison, uh, deer, and then the older they get, the older they get, the softer they, they goes. And I really like that with duck, uh, pheasant, uh, squab. So you get you stay in game, but like bird games. Yeah. Any mushroom risottos, any earthy dishes. And the concept there is as the tannins are resolving even more, it goes uh, more with the, the, the leaner cuts and, and some of the, the white meat courses. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, what? Uh, so, uh, Eric, you have... Um, you're involved with your son as well, right? In um, At the winery Please. with uh, Charles or... Oh, is that um <laughs> Yeah, Charles. Yes. <laughs> is he is he rebelling or uh <laughs> No, no, no. Charles Eric just left us. Uh we flew into Austin last night. Charles Eric flew in back to the domain because it's difficult for both of them to of be away for so long. But Charles Eric uh, went to the uh Oenology and Viticulture School of Bone and uh he took over came back to the domain in 2012. And 2013 was his first vintage, and uh, he's won a really, really awesome. The kid is 25, 26 years old now. Wow. I've never seen so much passion in a young kid like that. And in the farming, in the winemaking, and when you ask him uh, his, 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 his ultimate goal, he says, I want 100 points. <laughs> <laughs> And I, you know, as far as the style goes, from these really rich reds and and complex and wines that go with venison and and with lamb. game and lamb, uh, it, it seems like it's a really nice fit with the Texas cuisine as well. I would totally agree. Yes, yeah. I can't wait to pair that uh, this evening with some brisket and um, barbecue meat and uh, absolutely, yeah. And even even with the rosés and and the barbecue, uh, would, probably would, would, yeah, would yeah, work really well. Yeah. Um, what do you do? White wines as well. So we we talked about claret and bourbon. It's true. We always talk about uh, bundle reds, bundle roses, but bundle produce a little bit of white wine as well. There is about seven grapes uh, authorized. Les In the white en blanc. Non, c'est principalement la claret. On y rajoute un peu de bourboulin en ce qui me concerne à Châteauvanière, mais on peut utiliser le, 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 le sauvignon. On peut utiliser l'uni. Okay, so sorry, my mistake. Four grapes only. Claret will be the main one, and uh, Bourboulin the second one. Both are grapes uh, coming from the Chateau Neuf du Pape, uh, used in whites, and also Sauvignon Blanc and uh, from Bordeaux, and Uni Blanc from uh, the Cognac regions are actually allowed as well. Okay. And again, it has to be one grape at ninety-five percent. So it has to maintaining that blending culture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, it, it, Eric, uh, uh, it, it was been a, it's been a pleasure. What else do we have to say? Um, uh, the region is there. Is the region kind of growing? I mean, I know that uh, recognition of the region in the U.S. is is growing, and people are more so looking for Bandol. What what is happening there in today's culture? Is it is it growing in, in reputation around France? Are more people moving there? 
Qu'est-ce que tu penses de la réputation de Bandol Est-ce que ça grandit L'évolution de Bandol depuis que tu as commencé Ah bien, Bandol, Bandol, bien sûr, a évolué énormément. Mais aujourd'hui, on a atteint, je pense, quand même, sans être prétentieux, des sommets, surtout dans les rouges, parce qu'on dit qu'on fait partie des, des grands vins de France. Et puis dans les rosés, on sort du lot. On a, comme je vous l'ai dit tout à l'heure, on a des rosés qui sont des, vraiment des rosés de grande gastronomie. J'insiste sur ce terme-là. So Bandol has actually really, really evaluated in the last uh, 30, 40 years in France, especially when they added the law of uh, Mourvet being the main grape and the flagship of the appellations. Um, the reds are, 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 are really excellent. The quality in most of the producer, producers competing between each other is raised. And then, again, Eric would like to repeat, and, 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 and The reputation of the Bandol Rosé are, are really on a gastronomic side and a food and wine pairing yeah. aspect. And real serious wines. Uh, and, and, exactly. And yes. real contemplative wines. Très sérieux. Yeah. Très sérieux. Very serious. C'est exactement ce qu'on dit. Very vrai. serious. Well, you know, um, we're serious here, but, but also it's, it's important <laughs> to, to enjoy, right? And they're, they're, they're also very enjoyable. Um, Well, thank you for, for coming into the co-op studios. And, thank you uh, very much for having us. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Merci à vous. Absolutely. Okay, this is um, another bottle down. My name is Mark Grayshap. We have been talking with Eric Boisseau of Chateau Vanier. And Laurent has been uh, his translator here, working with the imp in the import side of things. Uh, thank you guys for being here. Thanks again. Merci beaucoup.